What's up, what's up, y'all? This is Dave. And this is Devin. And you're listening to the Dave and Dev Podcast. Dave and Dev. Gotta keep it real like Dave and Dev. On my job like Dave and Dev. Tell no lie like Dave and Dev. Some days I wanna stay in bed, but I get ready for the day ahead. I wanna complain, but I pray instead. Then I'm on my way to the Dave and Dev. And it go like, I don't need a crew. Don't play by he say, she say rules. Don't play, no, we can't do. I'd rather have faith while G-O-D make moves. So please stay cool. All, all I do is speak the truth on things I see they do. I'm a sinner myself. No lie, I need grace too. We lit like EKU. Yeah. What's up, y'all? What's going on, Devin? Yo, how you doing, Dave? I'm doing good, man. Just super excited to bring the people something. Uh, why don't you explain what's going on? Yeah, so this week we took we decided to take a little break from the coach clinic, the coach clinic, and we decided to do a combined podcast with our friends from the Change Up Podcast. If you don't already, uh, follow follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, there's some cool peeps. They uh, talk about how to biblically engage the culture, and I think this was a great podcast for us, and uh, we had a great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to bring it to you guys. Here it comes. We have the most special podcast to date, in my opinion. And, and these guys, I don't, I don't think they understood how hyped we were for this. So uh, I want to introduce Chad and Josh. They are uh, a podcast of their own, and I'll let them introduce kind of what they do. Josh, take it. You're great, You're great at explaining it. <laughs> oh, well, what's up, guys? I'm Josh We're, uh, from the Change Up Podcast. And uh, what we like to do is look at culturally relevant topic, topics, but look at them through a biblical worldview. Uh, this is near and dear to my heart because after 10 years of being in the Navy and just starting to see the world through my own selfish, sinful eyes, uh, I started to see my faith and the Scripture and the Word of God is just kind of um, irrelevant, and I stopped using it and looking to it for wisdom, and so met Pastor Chad here, and through discipleship, he showed me how to uh, look at the world through a gospel worldview, and that's what we try to do now with our podcast. We look at fun stuff, like we we interviewed um, um, Dickie Lyons, a, a UK athlete, and just looked at his mindset, and, and we like to do that um, we've looked at different documentaries. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what we're about. Yeah. Um, the idea kind of came out of our discipleship actually. Um, cause we, we believe that everything's spiritual, that God created everything and some things are redeemable. Some things are not. And most people don't even have the, the baseline to even know how to look at the world through a gospel lens or even the right belief sure. perspective. And so, we love to just take everything um, that culture throws at us and, and and put it through that lens and help people understand what they can take from it, what they should learn from it, and what they should reject. Hey, dang! Like y'all started off the podcast with fire. We could just end it right <laughs> there. Dang, <laughs> Cut scene. <laughs> dang, just out of my league on this one. <laughs> well, it 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 saved my life, and it it totally reformed my family like we're just in a different place because now I'm living 
in the truth. And so mm. we really just want this to be helpful. Like it was so helpful to me. I'm like, why, why wasn't this available to me like for 10 years while I was wandering? Right. Um, and so it's, it's important. And um, I think useful too. Yeah. Hey man, y'all are awesome. I'm a fan of the podcast. You guys are absolutely. You guys are you guys are great. Um, but for Dave and I, uh, for our Dave and Dev podcast, uh, we like to talk about sports and pop culture through a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, taking uh, the sort of like you all do, you guys take all the culture and everything is spiritual. We look at sports, mm-hmm. and uh, we look at the intersection of sports and news, and just try to dissect it through a biblical lens. And uh, even people who may not agree with us at the same table, and we bring them onto the podcast, and we just ha- we have conversations about these things. Um, it's a it's a great way for us to to communicate with other people, to uh, converse with converse with people who may not be Christians, mm-hmm. um, just to have conversation with them to see where where we differ, and to, and then to to converse with and break bread with Christians, and and we can talk about something that we think is near and dear to our heart too is, is right. uh, which is sports. Yeah. yeah Love it. All, Absolutely. We all agree around the table of sports for sure. <laughs> well, for sh- except for when the Super Bowl comes around in championship. Yeah. Or yeah. we are we going to talk about who's the greatest of all time. Yeah. yeah. A, which yeah. we're going to talk about a little we bit. We might get today. into that tonight. That's right. Hey, I, I think that's just a perfect segue if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for the last five weeks, I think – more than any time almost in the last probably 10 years, uh, people have gathered around their TV at the same time yeah. for something sports-related that kind of united a lot of different groups, right? Because mm-hmm. you have some people that love the way uh, the old game was played. You got people that love the way the new game is played. And everybody gathered right around the TV for, for five weeks, for two hours to watch the last dance. Right. So, I mean – like, I think that's what's, what's brought us here together on this one. So I'm um, super hyped to talk about it. I just want to throw out the first question, like, to everybody. Like, what was the, what was a high for you from the, 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 the uh, series of The Last Dance? What was something that, that stuck out to you that, you was, that was just awesome or something you had never seen before? Something like that. Chad, I'll throw that one to you, man, first up. Well, I got so many things. I'll try to, I'll try to pick one or two. Um, <laughs> the first thing was – Jordan's determination. One thing that I think makes him special is his determination. When when they faced the Pistons and they couldn't overcome it, and so he goes. Now basketball is played completely differently back in the day. You could like basically knock people out <laughs> as they come down the lane. And so, he, hey, the Jordan rules were different, weren't they? Yeah, man. But I love how he said, "You know what? He's he's the most talented, but he wasn't physical enough, and they were bullying him. And so he goes and." puts on 15 pounds of muscle to come back the next year and, and conquers them, you know? So I thought that was awesome. And that drive uh, perpetuated out the series and, and it was one of the biggest things that, that made him awesome. The other thing that we can get into later was I couldn't believe this because this would never happen today in the ownership, but how, how they can basically build this dynasty and then just ruin it as owners <laughs> just because of the pride of Jerry Krause. Like he wanted so badly to be the one that that took the credit for that team that he was willing to destroy it and try to rebuild just for his own legacy when he has the greatest player of all time and one of the greatest teams of all time. And so it just, it just was perplexing. Um, So 
those are two of my big takeaways. I got plenty more, but I'm sure we'll get into them. I'll let somebody else go. <laughs> Devin, what about you, man? I actually liked learning about like I I knew a lot of the stuff about Jordan. Uh, there was like a little the newer stuff I found out, but I actually like learning a little bit more about his teammates. Um, mm-hmm. Seeing like how Scotty Pippen was, and then um, like how he, how he pretty much sacrificed a lot of money uh, because he wanted to provide for his family. Um, seeing how wild Dennis Rodman was, uh, yeah. <laughs> like some of the stuff Dennis Rodman did, man. I was, could you imagine if he did that today? Like, oh my just I just need to take a break and go to Vegas for a weekend, coach. Like, some, no way, <laughs> some crazy like <laughs> Russell, that. Right? Especially with social media, he went to Russell. Yeah, wrestling during the during the finals. <laughs> yeah, going to the, it's wild to me. The ultimate savage. And listen, I was a wrestling fan back in those days. I remember when he came out on Nitro. <laughs> It's just like, hey, bro, don't you got game three tomorrow? Like, what you mean? But then, <laughs> what can, the but then what can you say? He comes out and, like, plays dominantly. So, you're like, well, all right. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 he's different. And then uh, uh, the last one was uh, actually, like, hearing about, uh, like, Steve Kerr, his, his story, uh, which I guess we'll talk about a little bit later mm-hmm. today. Like, his, his story about his dad. And, like, yeah. man, I got a little sweaty eye during that part, too. That was yeah. that was That was cool. And uh, yeah, just that 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 was the sort of my favorite my favorite parts of the of the series. Mm-hmm. Sure, Josh. What about you, man? What do you what did you think? Uh, well, full disclosure, I'm only three episodes. Oh, in. Um, Josh is late. Yeah, so listen. Here's the deal. Spoil it, here's the spoil deal. it for him because I, I told him about it. No, I already ago. listened to Jalen and Jacoby's recap. On <laughs> <laughs> so I am by nature a procrastinator. He told me we were doing this. I was like, I'll catch up. You know, to, like last night I was going to catch up. I didn't know they were an hour apiece <laughs> times 10. So I did the best I could. But I loved Pippen's story. I thought it was incredible, like how humble the guy was, yep. how willing he was to – like he's an incredible player, but how willing he was to, to play in MJ's shadow mm-hmm. – um, and then the, just a crazy, like he grew six inches his freshman yeah. year in college. I couldn't get over that. Like, that hurts my knees just it, thinking about it. I know, <laughs> bro. But the, the lesson there is sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. If he wouldn't have grown, he would not have been the player that he was. Right. You know? But he grew at the right time and he got the exposure he needed. And, and it was <laughs> the rest is history, really. <laughs> yeah, I agree for sure. Uh, a couple things for me. So growing up, um, my stepdad always used to hate on Patrick Ewing. And so I didn't really understand, like, why or anything like that. But to watch Ewing get repeatedly dumped on, <laughs> I, it, it was so – I literally – my wife was like, why are you laughing? I was like, it's just so funny to me. Like, he's the biggest dude on the court, and he gets bodied repeatedly. <laughs> like, like, my dude got – postered several times um i mean he's a good player se- he just looks bad in the highlights he, yes he does <laughs> right. so i thought that was funny um i was with with chad on this one too thinking about the determination and the leadership maybe not necessarily the verbal leadership of jordan mm-hmm. but the physical leadership like watching him finish first in sprints every single clip was like dang, that's a guy you want to play with. Like, you want to play with the best player on your team? That's the first one in the gym, the last one out, and is beating everybody in the running and everything they do. Like, I just thought about the yeah. definition of leadership to me. Like, he was showing what that looked like mm-hmm. for the his teammates. Third thing, and this is going to be a maybe potential helpful transition for us as well, is um, 
I saw the importance of fatherhood, uh, specifically in Jordan's life with his father mm-hmm. and how um, impactful he was and, and how he made decisions and how he stayed on course. He, and his mom as well, like the support of having parents that love you and care for you and desire good for you, that sometimes they push you to do something that you wouldn't do, right? Mm-hmm. Like his mom, you know, pushing him to to play basketball. Again. Yes, everybody needs a Dolores Jordan in their life. Everybody lives. needs a Dol- Dolores Jordan. Mm-hmm. Sec- I mean, his mom pushing him to go into the Nike meeting. Like, mm-hmm. like he forever changed not just basketball but shoes. And like, I'm a big I'm a big shoe yeah. guy. So for me, like, I'm like shout out to Mrs. You know Jordan. Like, you're the real MVP. Like, yeah. Uh, you know. So anyway, just just, just thinking about like that. It is, yeah. Yeah. It is. I thought it was funny. The stat was like they were hoping to make uh, like $100 million in sales in three years or something. They made it in like the first six months or something ridiculous. It was something so, so, so stupid. Um, So, yeah, those were some of my highlights. And I appreciate you guys, you know, having having some feedback on that as well. Uh, I kind of want to get into uh, really just some more in-depth, less maybe about Jordan's game, less maybe about – his winning, <laughs> winning nature. And just talk a little bit about some schematics of like behind the scenes stuff. So I kind of mentioned parenting. So I'd be curious to hear what your guys' thoughts were on maybe some interesting points that you all found in the, uh, in the series of, man, this is so from a biblical worldview, if we're mm-hmm. truly speaking from that space, uh, things that you would, you would hit on. Yeah. I think um, I, I can start out. One of the things that I noticed as I watched it, and and mind you, I'm coming from a place of was the, one of the biggest Bulls fans, Jordan fans, still still am, and he is the greatest player of all time. I don't care who yes. says what. You know what? Say put it put it on there for the record. Yeah. I like that. You know man. what I'm saying? That's right. I'll say that. I'll say that. Um, no matter what metric you're trying to measure by, the dude the dude has it. But when it comes to the things that the Bible talks about are important, which is, first of all, God's glory, not your own. Second of all, the responsibility of a husband and a father to lead their home spiritually, to invest in their children, to to raise up the next generation in the Lord. Jordan sacrificed all that in order to be great for his own glory. And so one thing that, that I was just thinking is so much that we can learn from Jordan when it comes to determination and leadership when it comes to accomplishing a task but I wouldn't say that I would recommend looking up to Jordan when it comes to what it looks like to be a man and honestly when it comes to athletes I would I would point my son to look at a guy like Steph Curry or LeBron even I have more respect for LeBron because LeBron won't sacrifice family for greatness even though He's, he's in the talks with Jordan. I think one of the reasons why he isn't the greatest of all time is because he's not willing to sacrifice his family in order to be that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have respect for that. Yeah, so, but growing up in the 90s, it didn't seem like Jordan was, like, it seemed like he was a good guy. For sure. But but when I watched the, the documentary, it was more like, man, this dude, there's no love coming from this dude. Like, And that's kind of what stood out to me is you got this team and they're winning and they're incredible. 
and there's this respect kind of, you know, the way they'll, they'll talk to the press about each other. There's, there's a mutual respect, but there's not love. Mm-hmm. Like they do not love each other. I mean, Jordan didn't even have the dude's phone number that he's playing against or playing with. Um, like he loved the security team more than his teammates. And so I saw that was lacking and just like, man, how unfortunate that these, these guys, they won six championships, but, they lost out on a lot of rich community that they could have had as a team um, accomplishing some of the most incredible thing that's ever been accomplished in sports. Yeah. I, I mean, like you, you all hit the, hit the hammer on the nail there. It's just, he, we all know Jordan was, Jordan was not a good guy. And I think a part of the reason why we thought he was, a, but didn't it feel like he was in the nineties? Sure. I mean, we all were growing up in the nineties. Yeah, right? Everybody wanted uh, but Everybody social, want to be like Mike. But you have I to understand. Be yeah, like exactly, Mike. But social media is not around. So, we, like, with not right. having social media yeah. around in the constant 24-7, you know, media that's a, that's around you. Like, right now, like, if you want to find out what's going on in LeBron's life, you just got to go to his Instagram page or something. You know, <laughs> right. right? You know, right. Just find, More accountability. Exactly. So, you'll see something that's going on. Like, um, something that, like, that stuck out. Like, we didn't see Jordan's children until episode 10. And you barely saw him then. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and so we saw so we saw him in episode ten, and they were talking about how their experience for Jordan's game. You know, they never talked about man. I remember going to doing this with my dad. Like, no, I was right. going to cheer my dad on at game six in Utah. You know, and so that like I we get it. Like he pro- he wasn't he probably wasn't a good father. He you know his his wife wasn't in it. His ex wife wasn't mm-hmm. in it. Like none of that. They're just his teammates, and even his teammates. Even his teammates even said, "Well, like he was, you know, he was just hard playing for him, you know." So right. that's it's just yeah. it's a it's it's a tough balance there. Well, and I want to make a clarifying statement: Jordan never claimed to be anyone's role model biblically. True. Yeah. But what I'm cautioning against are people who who know Christ, but would use a Jordan as their role model for their life and helping them realize that is not what they should do like he yeah. is not, he's not a life role model it's so hard to have like like the mamba mentality with kobe and something you know like so we would say right. like it's and so people and like mike so people want to like in this culture of sports we always look up to these to these athletes like they're supposed mm-hmm. to be our role model so i kind of posed the question in, in one of our facebook groups today is that is it athletes responsibility to be that that role model like I know, yeah. I know they don't ask for it, but do they have an obligation to do it? What do you all think? It's a good question. Are you asking biblically? Or are you asking? Uh, yeah. The world? I'm, well, I'm, I'm asking. I'm asking. <laughs> I'm asking. I'm asking biblically. We're all we're all Christians right. around here. Well, I, I think from a biblical perspective, the answer is yes. Yeah. That we're supposed to be a light to the world. We're supposed to 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 influence, like use our platform to influence the world for Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a tricky question because. Obviously, a lot of athletes are not Christians, and so we expect lost people to act like lost people. And mm. so the responsibility is on the Christian to know what they're looking at, right? Yeah. And doesn't mean that we can't glean something from Jordan. Of course we can. But just know what you're gleaning and know what to reject and know what you're looking at. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. So to your point, Devin, if you're a Christian man – yeah, we're supposed to use our platform not for our glory, but to be a role model 
for people to see Christ and to share Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And just a side note, as a father who has a son, like I know it's my responsibility to monitor, shape, and guide him into what he sees. Like I'm teaching him what is valuable and I'm teaching him who is worthy of admiration, which is ultimately Christ, but also through sports figures. Like I can teach him, hey, this is something you want to take away from MJ, but mm-hmm. this is something you want to take away from, you know, Steph Curry, whatever it may be. So as a father, it's my responsibility there, which is greater than the athlete's responsibility in my son's life. Right. I can't be mad at the athlete for not living up, you know, to exactly. a certain standard that I have. And, it's in and my that's head. why yeah. I, I like you saying that because that's why I was cautioning, like, we're not posting, I'm not putting blame on Jordan not being a good guy the bible says ephesians 2 1 through 3 that he can't be a good guy without christ like mm. he's following the ways of the world he's a children of wrath like the rest of mankind like all of us were without christ but to look at someone like that and say i want to model my entire life that's a that's a wrong view from our standpoint and what josh was saying is it's our responsibility as husbands fathers as leaders in the church and in our communities to know that difference and to guide people in the right way yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, something I always, uh, you know, talk about is like how we caution who we let lead us. And even from a, a Christian standpoint, like <laughs> I was listening to, to one of KB's podcasts, the rapper KB, Southside Rabbi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Love that podcast. Uh, yeah. So, so they had a podcast in December. It was talking about uh, just like how these, these leaders, quote unquote, <laughs> have a tendency to get to a point where they fall away from the faith. Yeah. And, and I, I just find it so interesting how, like, as Christians, we're so quick to follow people that are really, uh, they're, they're good speakers, they're witty, they're, they're, they're mm-hmm. nice people, they, they, love, they love well. And I think that non-believers, because they're made in the image of God, they, they have the ability to have characteristics, right? Like, like, I know a lot of non-believers that are good people, like outside of right. like like Christ. You know what I'm saying? They're they're nice people. They 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 love their kids well, mm-hmm. but like they don't know the Lord. And like we have to caution ourselves in who we follow and how we interact in that space, because like we tend to follow the wrong people. <laughs> like right. we can we can love our pastor and we can we can follow them and allow them to shepherd us. But we have to have an understanding that like even as believers, like leaders can fail. They can fall short and we can't put them on a pedestal. And we have, I think as a country, we have the worst problem with putting people that are undeserving of a pedestal on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. And there's, to me, there's only one person that can be on a pedestal, right? There's only one person that we can truly follow and worship that will Mm -hmm. never let us down athletes are always going to let us down. I'm a big LeBron fan. Like he's going to let me down and he already has. Like sure. he's imperfect. Yeah, like, you know he's 3 and he's 6. Good... He's 3 and 6 in the finals. I mean, yeah, that he hey, lets Devin. me down every <laughs> every <laughs> Hey, Devin. I'm I'm going to edit that out, all right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, I want to I want to say something you, down. I want to say something what you're saying there um uh, David, I don't want to move past it. Because you're just repeating what Paul warns us in First Corinthians, what he warns the Corinthian church, where some people are saying in verse 12 in chapter 1, it says, what, what I mean is that each of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, mm-hmm. or I follow Cephas, mm-hmm. or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? 
Yeah. Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except uh, Crispus and Gaius, so that no one may say that you were baptized in my name. Right, and then he goes further. He says, "For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power." And I think that's just the important point. There is, like you said, Dave. There's only there's only one that we look to and we follow as Lord and as our leader. Hey, and yeah. there's only one. And there's only one that we should that we should boast in or share with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a leader. And I think to circle back to what y'all said a little bit earlier, um, that idea of looking to someone else or even Christian leaders who, as they get more famous, they end up falling away. We have to realize that, that we also have sinful flesh. Man will, will fail us, but also realizing that, that man, sometimes we don't like to say it this way, but sometimes Christian leaders sometimes use the name of Christ in order to build their platform mm. for their own fame. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, and yeah. We don't like to say that. And and maybe they don't even start that way. But man's heart is deceitful. And if they don't stay close to Christ, and if they start believing their own hype, man, they'll fall away. Yeah. Hey, I don't and we Chad, to Chad about to he's about to take y'all to church today. I don't know if y'all I are mean ready for goodness. It, but he about to take you <laughs> Hey, hold up, hold up. It's getting hot in here. I bring feel it. like we're at a poetry slam. I'm over here snapping my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing all that heat, man. He got me searching through my hey, I got the Bible all here flipping pages and everything. I'm like, hey, hold up, where you at, man? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never been to a poetry I've never been to a poetry slam. <laughs> hey, me either. I've only seen it on movies, bro. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's uh, that's really good. That's what you're saying is you're spot on. And uh, I mean, we like you said, Dave, too. We got to be we got to be we got we got to be just weary of who we put on on a pedestal, as especially right. as Christians. And um, mm-hmm. and 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 that that's a that's a good takeaway that you can that you can get around it because I mean, at one point, Jordan even had people calling him Black Jesus. Yeah, right. <laughs> like you know, like absolutely, like he he completely, and as you see it now, it's kind of sad. I kind of got sad mm-hmm. about this looking at, like he's just in this big mansion, but he's by himself. Like he's all got right. all these rings. Like I mean, we are literally watching uh, um, Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. happen. This is mm-hmm. the vanity, right. vanity of vanities happening right here, and it all like right. to me, it's this it's the saddest thing that like. Right while we're in the middle of this pandemic and everyone mm-hmm. is, a, is scared, literally scared to death of, of this, of this virus that we can just right. escape for just a couple, for a couple minutes each Sunday. And we have to watch mm-hmm. probably the most famous athlete we've had in American history. And he's, he's, he's empty. Mm-hmm. He's alone. And like, I thought one of the things that like crushed me, like watching it is when he's in his, he's when in his hotel, and right. he is sitting there and he's smoking a cigar and he said, I can't leave my room. He's like, I'm tired. I, even the most famous person in the world, he didn't want it. Right. He's, yeah. He wasn't meant to be glorified like that. Right. And I think well, that's one, what I, I took yeah. away from it at least. One of the things that, that we say often at our church, Dev, um, and we say it in biblical counseling a lot, is that idols promise everything, but they actually mm. take away everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Idols are liars. 
And so Jordan had the idolatry of greatness and championships and being the best and winning and competitiveness. And look what it, where, look where it took him. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And, and he, at the end of the documentary, like you still see the frustration, like he wanted to go for seven, like six wasn't enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And he could have won 50, but it would have never been enough. That's right. That's the way idols work is like, it always promises, sin always promises to satisfy and it always leaves us empty, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, you know, I think that was the other um, point that I was going to uh, bring up was the fact that like, we're all made. I, I remember reading Matt Chandler explicit gospel uh, when I first became a believer and um, it really opened my eyes to the, to the gospel, of course, uh, but just like yeah. some of the inner workings of it and just like, like God's character. Right. And mm-hmm. the fact that I remember this part just kind of stuck out, stood out to me was the fact that like, like God created this God sized hole in like our, mm-hmm. our, our lives, our souls, our hearts. And like we, until we would come to know God, we would continue to try to fill it. And until we right. knew God, it would always just be a big black hole. And like, you right. see it, the toil and the strife and the pain and the suffering mm-hmm. and the every year going after the same thing. And listen, like, like Christian, don't hear me say that it's not okay to strive after things to be the best at your job, to be the best uh, athlete, to be the best employee, to be the best coach, whatever you do, to be the best pastor. Like, it's okay to strive. Absolutely. But when it comes to being everything and it's always going to let you down, like you're missing the point, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. you know. I, I I was thinking, sitting here thinking about this, like, um, Josh, you were a SEAL, right? Yeah. That's first of all, that's amazing. Thank you for your service. Yeah, man. Um, secondly, like, I just want to, like, I can imagine how much training and how much difficulty that involves. And so when I was thinking about this question, this thought process, like you popped in my mind after listening to a couple of your all's podcasts. And I just wanted to know like how, if you could compare the two, like that, that toil and that strife and like what maybe after that you felt and how that compares. Like during the training. Yeah. During the training. And then, and then obviously like you had a career after that, you know, in, in the Navy, like, well, like, at the time, did you know Christ? Like, what was the – I was just curious, like, to hear yeah, about sure. that. Yeah, um, sure. Well, I was a Christian when I went into the Navy, but I was searching for something something that I was – I should have been able to found, find in Christ, but I was just looking for significance. Like, I wanted to be recognized. Like, I wanted to um, know that I, like, had what it takes um, – Basically, I wanted identity, you know, something I should have found in Christ, but was searching, you know, in the world for it. And so that's what led me into it. And honestly, that's what kept me going um, because it just became a game of attrition. Like I didn't have to show up on a court and perform like a a great athlete. I just had to show up and not quit, you know. And so that's just kind Mm -hmm. of the way that I'm wired. I I can do that. I can put up with the pain. Um, And so. God definitely redeemed it, and he definitely used it. Actually, we recorded a podcast today on uh, the top five lessons I learned as a SEAL, and then we we, mm. we just wanted to see if, if they were redeemable. And, in fact, they were all redeemable and completely scriptural, even though as I was learning them, 
I, w- I was not following the word of God. You know, I was just kind of living my life. And it's just awesome and also just crazy how God can use every single thing that's he wastes nothing. You know, he uses everything that we're going through. Um, and so I'm thankful for all my experiences in the Navy and, and through buzz and becoming a seal. It's definitely like shaped me who I am today. And God's using it now for his glory. I wasn't, I wasn't, um, seeking his glory through those times and through those, like all that pain and suffering. Um, but he's definitely using it now. For sure. How, how dope would it be to see a guy like MJ become a believer? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like you would have a platform like no other for sure. Like no other. And you, and you know, just like what you were just saying, Josh, like, like all that, that brought you to this point, like, like just the experiences. And I, first of all, I can't wait to listen to that podcast. (laughs) Like, let me go ahead and just say that. Uh, but you know, all that stuff that, that like we can see how it molded and created like this like beautiful new person like in, yeah. in, in second Corinthians. Like like we see that in, in the glory of God, like we'll work through that and, and how how good he is to do that with even the least of us, yeah. right? But mm-hmm. especially like I think about like I pray every day that these that these big artists that or these, you know, mega stars that that claim to know Christ, like I pray every day that they're believers because like their witness potential is just so astronomical, but realistically, like, so is ours. Right. But I just, Mm -hmm. I just think about how cool that is and how the Lord redeems people. And, uh, you know, I, I specifically, when I say that, I think about Kanye, I think about Steph, I think about Tim Tebow, these guys that I feel like, you know, potentially, you know, chance a rapper, like these people that, um, could right. be legit and just has such platforms, Justin Bieber. Um, but it's just, it's just cool, man. And, and I love to see how God changes people. And, uh, you know, I don't know about, about Chad, um, mm-hmm. your, your story specifically, but you know, mine, like I was just some kid that grew up in church and thought he knew the Lord. Right. And I don't have some amazing conversion story, like <laughs> nothing, nothing crazy. Like I, I, like, I just, I just talked the talk and never walked. You had to get unsaved. So for me, like, me exactly i had to unlearn all the things that i knew about religion and learn about what it meant to be free in christ right and so like i just pray for so many of these athletes i pray for everybody to obviously come to know Mm -hmm. the lord but like i I pray for these athletes to have a platform and these artists that have a platform like how great of a story it would be to come on to a year later and and have a first dance right (laughs) and 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 have a first dance of of what it looks like for MJ to walk with the Lord, yeah. right? Like Watching cool God yeah. redeem all the brokenness in his life, one thing at, at a time, and him getting all the glory for that. I think there's no yeah. better testament to God than him changing and redeeming people's lives. Mm-hmm. Right. And David, I want to circle back to something you said earlier when you were saying, hey, it's it's awesome to go after greatness. Like, we're not saying that. I absolutely agree, and I would actually say, that when you find your identity and worth in Christ, you're actually free, more free mm. to, to run after greatness. God works through us in ways that we could never even think about. Yeah. And, and he gets the glory, not ourselves. And I think that's the big difference is it's not about Jordan being great or not great. It's about whose glory he's doing it for. And that's the, the big killer um, in all of that. Yeah, I, I tell it. Uh, I coach a high school team and I tell the, I tell the guys it's, it's like the ministry of excellence is that uh, 
If, if God, if God is excellent, and then, and so, and we're supposed to follow God, we have we're, we're required to to be excellent or do things the best we can be, but not for our own glory, mm. not for our own good, but for the glory of God. Yeah, Amen. Because if it's right. for our own glory, then it's just it's worthless. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. That's why I look up to guys like Steph Curry, who. Man, he's he's changed the game of basketball. First of all, I don't think he gets enough credit. The Golden State Warriors changed how basketball is even played right now, and how teams even build their teams. Uh, here we go, Chad. So um, you you know you you and I were on the same page all day today, and you got to go bring out hot takes like that, man. We, we were good. <laughs> I just say it's true. It's just it's just true. Hot take. And that love... Warriors team beats the ninety six ninety seven Bulls team. Now hold on a second. I did not say that. That's my hot I take. Said... Big Dave hot take. <laughs> I just said they changed the way the game of basketball is currently played. Chad, That's not disputed. I know you're about to. I know you're about to take us to church again, but I need you to take a <laughs> real quick detour. Just a real quick detour, and I need you to tell me why you don't think that that team is like that. That Warriors team is about to beat them. Well, first and foremost, what era are we going to play in? I think it don't matter important. if we play in Either 2009. Or Hold on. I'm still, I'm still gonna say, I'm, I'm still taking the Bulls. So don't get too hot on the death. I'm just saying. First of all, if we're playing in the '90s, the Warriors have no chance because they just get wrecked. Like Steph Curry wouldn't get a shot off, probably. Jordan would be and Pippen would be shutting them down, pushing them down, <laughs> everything else, because um, they let fouls go back then. But I still think Curry'd be awesome back back in the day. He'd be like a Reggie Miller type, who was great in those days. But the thing about the Bulls in the 90s what, that transfers across all generations is effort and defense. Mm. What they don't get enough credit for is how they could shut down backcourts, how Dennis Rodman could shut down forwards, grab every board. There's no better defensive play than grabbing the rebound. Play's over. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't so, know what you're saying. But who is going to <laughs> tell me tell me that Dennis Rodman is not chasing around KD while he shoots 38 foot three pointers? Listen, K, KD, they're a special team. Would the Warriors be a great team in the 90s? Of course. Do I think the Bulls still have the advantage? And when you got Michael Jordan on the court, the the eye of the tiger, like tenacity. I mean. I, I take them. You every understand time. that awesome. it took a perf- a perfect game by LeBron, and they they made one mistake at the last at the end of the game, and it cost them the whole mm-hmm. series. You, you make one mistake, you're done with that team. Right. And you're still gonna take the Bulls. I'm still gonna take Are the Bulls. Okay. You know what? <laughs> take us to church, Chad. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Just, let's let's I'm go just back. Saying, I'm just saying. I'm saying defense. I'm just saying defense. You know, you saying? act like the Warriors. Although don't Draymond, I will say this: I would like to watch Rodman and Draymond Green go at. Now that is fun. something I'm here for. Uh, I'm here for see, that. All see, day. Draymond has stuff to lose. Rodman is going to Vegas in the middle of the season. That's you not a guy that I want to mess with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to. I don't want to see that. And I think I think Pippen's the one in that that I actually lean on for that to turn the tables. Pippen's defense and Pippen's ability to shut down a guy like Kevin Durant, you know, or at least contain him. I'm gonna just, just let you. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you get away with that one. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, but my my major point was about Steph Curry was 
he has had every opportunity to forfeit his faith. Mm. He's had the lights on him hotter than anybody, you know, from visiting the White House to having his wife's got a cooking show to the, you know, their championship runs. I mean, nobody had followed a team like they had with the Bulls, like selling out until the Warriors. I mean, people were showing up two hours early just to watch Steph Curry warm up. If a guy had ever had a chance to slip up, to have an affair, to feel himself, to not put his family first, to deny his faith, Steph Curry has had that opportunity. And I'm not saying he's perfect. He's definitely got flaws like the rest of us. But everything I've been able to see, he's hung in there. Like his faith seems real. And I appreciate that. So, yeah, you, I'd agree with that. You mentioned like, I, I mean, I just I want to press in a little bit with that. So Steph yeah. Curry, yeah. He, he he does he does do the right the right things from what from what we can tell, like from the outside, you know. And, right, and I'm saying this from yeah, the yeah, yeah, person, yeah, yeah. By the way, so and so a part of a part of that, like you like you mentioned, like he went to the White House and stuff like that. Like, and, and I'm Jordan right. went to the White House as well. But for example, Jordan had a chance to get involved in politics. And his mm-hmm. his uh his, and endorse, um I think it was a governor at the time uh, a gov uh, right. a gubernatorial right. candidate in North Carolina, and he didn't mm-hmm. and he just and his 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 right. famous quote that that I mean it got blasted mm-hmm. all over Twitter that night was Republicans buy sneakers too, <laughs> and so it's almost right. like uh so the the social advocacy part of of that like is that right. um. Like to for when we when we measure the the greatness of athletes, do you take the off the court stuff mm-hmm. and measure that as well? Absolutely, I think I think when you're talking about a role model, someone I want my son to look up to, yeah, I'm probably looking at his off the court stuff mm. more than I am his on the court. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, I want my son to have an mm-hmm. eternal mindset. I want him looking up to people who are heroes in the faith and are looking to eternity and seeing this, this life as an opportunity to use your platform to spread the glory of God, not your own. And so I'm looking to that more than what you do on the court. Now it doesn't hurt that he's great on the court too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's awesome. And that's what gives him the platform that he's given, but that's all given to him by God too. Right. So I think, you know, I've been impressed with Steph's, you know, attitude towards wanting to to show his faith and show um, being a good dad and and trying to be a good husband and being faithful and I appreciate that um, and that's somebody that that I would love for my son to look up to if he's you know if my son decides to play basketball I want Steph Curry to be his hero you know not not someone who's off the court shows um, that he doesn't you know, follow the Lord and, and it's yeah. only about. And Josh, Lord. you have, so you said yeah. you have a, you have a son as well, correct? And so, and and so, do you take into effect when looking at role models is like the off the court social advocacy part of that as well? Um, so like, it hasn't come up yet since he is three, but uh, that is like so. <laughs> He's not interested in who you, and he who hasn't you asked. For in so. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would definitely be something that would come up 
you know, with my daughters because I have four or three older daughters as well. Um, Yo, first of all, (laughs) shout out to you, bro. But Mm -hmm. yes, I mean, I would totally like I would I would place a higher value, (laughs) just me personally, on what they're doing off the court than than how their record is, like how their stats are. Um, I think stats paint a small picture of like um, their their hard work, but also luck too. like you you can't pinpoint the Bulls success and say like it was all MJ or it's all Phil Jackson or it's all. Pippen and MJ's chemistry. Like, it was so many factors, like, even from Jerry Krause. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to – who, by the way, I feel like the Space Jam <laughs> character of the, the monsters is definitely based on him. Yes. Like, 100%. I, <laughs> like, they had to have done that. Agreed. Um, right. So, yeah, I would place a higher value on on the things that really matter that are, you know, people are, one, standing up for their faith, and then two, just just doing, um, setting a positive example, like something Drew Brees does, you know, New Orleans Saints quarterback, obviously. Um, everybody knows him. He, like, he, he takes that um, advocacy, <laughs> that um, role model, he puts it on his back and he's like, this is like who I am, not just for my sons, but also for the city, you know, and he takes that very seriously. And so I look up to him and then it doesn't help or it doesn't hurt that he's, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever as well. So um, every, every once in a while we'll get an athlete like that, that we get to look up to for both their off the court and on the field, you know, success. And I think that's what we'd be drawn to. Um, But there's so much we can teach our sons through failure too. you know, athletes that didn't make it work because they were maybe persecuted for their faith or something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we, we got to look to Jesus' words in Matthew 16, 26. It says, for what will it profit a man if he yeah. gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? And so I don't, you know, I want to make sure that what I'm teaching my son is that nothing in this life is mm-hmm. worth forfeiting your soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, if God were to give you a platform Absolutely. Do it to your best of your ability to the glory of God. We should do that. Um, but don't forfeit your soul. And that, that verse soul that you just read in Matthew 16 was the verse that mm-hmm. Jesus used to make my heart of stone become a heart of flesh. Uh, oh, mm. oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to tell us that, man. Uh, so I, I was a basketball player. Uh, I played basketball at Division One. And yeah, yeah, hey, yeah! Shout out to the Kearns. Um, go Colonels! Go Colonels! So, uh, <laughs> actually, it was at the, the end of my sophomore year. Um, I had redshirted that year, and uh, someone had wanted to share the gospel with me, and I I, I was not following uh, the faith at all at this point. And at first, like I had like a, a despise mm-hmm. to it, and so. Uh, this guy, he was part of this campus organization, Campus Outreach. Shout, shout out to Campus Outreach. Um, they he had yeah. uh, he had just shared the gospel with me over and over and over for like three hours. Blake Buckman. What so was his I name? I know Blake listens to the pod. Yeah, Blake listens to the podcast. Yeah, good work, Blake. Blake. A shout out. Shout <laughs> what out up, Blake? Blake. Uh, 
And he just said, uh, "I was I was a part of campus outreach back in the oh, day when Blake that's was crazy. a student as well." Small so, world, small world. Blake had uh, anyway. Go ahead. He he had, he we for three hours we were just been going back and forth. I had given him every conspiracy theory that I had ever heard about Christianity in this time, and he's just like he just like man. All right, listen. Just give it a chance. Give it just like go home. Just think about it. Give it a chance. And so like I went home, and uh, another campus organization had given everyone on the basketball team Bibles, and I had like it was like under at least like a pile of clothes or something in my room and so I just like found it and so I started in Matthew and I just started reading like let's just see what these things say is and uh, I stopped at Mm -hmm. chapter 16 verse 26 and I was like oh shoot like I'm living my life this Hooper's dream okay Uh, sort of like you know Mm -hmm. what Michael Jordan has is what I wanted and it's for nothing. I'm losing right. myself in all of this. I feel mm. so empty. And there's this, mm. like what Dave said at the beginning, there's just God-sized hole that none of these things could fill. Mm-hmm. I need Jesus. And that was the night I repented. And that was in May of 2012. That's awesome. Amen. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, another small world thing. Josh is actually launching Camp Sour. Josh is actually the brand new campus director for Southeastern uh, University down here yep. in oh, man. Hammond, Louisiana. And uh, that's Reed awesome, launches, man. Launching. You're launches trying to get a real campus outreach, man. So. Drinking that Kool Aid. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's cool, man. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, though. so full circle. That's great, though. Man, awesome story. Yeah, I didn't know that. yeah man. That I was a campus awesome. outreach kid, too. Good stuff. Man, let me just, like, first of all, say, like, how you know cool it is that campus ministries exist like i like yeah. i'm a big advocate for like you know college students getting plugged in and uh also using campus ministries to get them plugged yes. into a local church mm-hmm. as well i think that's so vital and so important and so i think it's so cool that like you know uh Joshua, you're a faithful member of the field church and so I, I think I'm so excited to see like kind of what happens and what comes of you, you know, investing and pouring into students' lives and also getting them involved in such a great body of believers that like I know I don't even have to be there to know that 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 group yeah. there is that you know I know Chad I know know Sam and I just know what kind mm-hmm. of uh, what kind of leaders they are and what like what the Lord's done in their lives and so it's just so cool to to hear that and just know that. Like there's going to be Deverns out there. There's going to be Daves out there that that were impacted by people through campus ministries that, um, you know, helped help lead us to Christ. And like you, you know, just just to be a small piece of the puzzle that God uses to lead yeah. and draw and, people to Him. And that's what I'll, I'll say. This too is that it was not only just like it wasn't like a just a share the gospel. They just left me alone. It was faithful men who kept pouring into me and knew that I was an athlete and they had played sports and stuff like, so we found commonalities in sport, but they taught, they taught me not only Mm -hmm. to, you know, how to be a Christian, but how to, how to use my platform for the faith. And, and that was, and that was kind of like the coolest thing of uh, my college experience because we got to go to the NCAA tournament and like, it was kind of cool that I, I got asked questions about my faith 
you know, from, from, from different people and, and from media. And so like, which I would have never dreamed that this was, this, this stuff was going to happen, but like, and I got to go and talk to all different sorts of people all because of, you know, this, like this, this gospel that God gave me and this platform that he, that he put, they put me on, I could use yeah. it to glorify him. And so where, and that's whatever platform mm. you're at. Cause obviously, you know, I'm, I was nowhere good as Michael Jordan is, you know, but what it, the small platform that I had, you can use it for, you can use it for the glory mm-hmm. of God. And so like, I mean, Josh, you, you're going to, you're going to be on campus and you got a, you got a chance to just impact so many people to use whatever platform they have. I mean, on college campuses to impact others. And I'm, I'm super uh, excited for you and we'll yeah, be praying thank for you. you. And, and it's all about like, so campus outreach's yeah, man. Uh, mission statement is to glorify God by building labors on the campus for the lost world. So we're not in there or on the campus recruiting people to a ministry rather than introducing people to Christ and then empowering faith out. They're working um, as a, nurse, teacher, doctor, lawyer. Um, the point is that we want them to be on mission and we want them to be equipped through our training and then through our, you know, showing them what a healthy local church looks like. What was cool is when I signed on with them, you know, they there was a pretty extensive interview process. And in order for someone to go and pioneer a new campus like we're doing, um, they would want me to have experience with campus outreach. But because... I came from the field church, which is um, Pastor Sam and Pastor Chad, both are products of campus outreach. Both came to know the Lord through that and then spent time in it through in their college time. Um, they just trusted the um, continuity or the cohesiveness of mm-hmm. the, the training that I've been receiving through discipleship at the field church, you know, is as if I've been in campus outreach. So, it was really cool because as I got on board with them, I realized, man, like this, yeah, I'm totally, we're on the same page here. You know, I've been discipled by, by Chad and Sam. So it's like, I know what, what y'all are doing. Let's, you know, <laughs> let's go after this. So it's been really cool to just see that as a body, like they're very cohesive in their mission and their message, you know, across the country. So I know what you guys are about now. So that's cool. That's awesome. I mean, Man, just imagine just the impact. Like, imagine a guy, imagine MJ getting discipled at North Carolina by somebody with campus outreach. Like, just, you know what I'm saying? Like, just like the possibilities, the potential. Like, I look at a guy like from the University of Kentucky, Chad, I know you're a UK guy. Like, look at Emmanuel quickly. Like, the dude's been very outspoken about his faith. I I pray that he's legit. But, like, imagine that guy, like – SEC player of the year goes into the NBA, potentially maybe he could be a 15 to 20 point guy. Might be a, you know, a rookie game, sophomore game, whatever. Like he's going to have cameras in front of his face. I'm like, imagine the yeah. impact that mm-hmm. another believer in the league could have. And, and right. just, just, it's like, God is so good and gracious in the smallest of us and the least of us. Mm-hmm. And when, when you see it on a big scale and see guys be faithful and, you know, obviously we, we try not to put them on a pedestal, but at the same time, it's just so cool to see that they had the right. opportunity to impact so many people. Like, and he disciples his teammate and his de- teammate brings somebody to Bible study and blah, 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 blah. We got this, this chain yeah. reaction effect mm-hmm. that like only God could orchestrate. No, no man right. could orchestrate that kind of chain reaction. Like, like God has to do that through the Holy Spirit, period. Yeah. And I would like to even just state inversely 
you know, you guys have all said that too, yep. that all of us have platforms mm. and God, God uses ordinary men, right? And so what we're talking about at the large scale, you know, I hope that people who are listening who are believers realize like that your, your area of influence, however big it is, is your responsibility to be an ambassador for the gospel. Own your paint, baby. Own your paint. That's right. And if we would all do that, we would change the world. Imagine that, yeah. right? Yeah, man, this dude Chad so, had a whole sermon on his podcast today. <laughs> I know, man. I'm about to edit all the rest of us out and just let Chad roll. <laughs> we can't do that. Can't do that. But I will end it with uh, not end it. You know, we can go as long as you want. But you know, coming from me, this will sound kind of funny, but I do want to have a little bit of time of. Who's the greatest? I want to have. A, let's I like let's finish it off. Too. Let's finish you know it off. Saying? You yeah. know what I'm saying? I want to. I want to hear. I want to. All right. First of all, first of all, let's just all go around first and just say who you think the greatest player of all time is. <laughs> and I'm gonna start by saying it's Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will agree. I'll agree with Michael. Jordan. I have to agree. Josh? I'll second that one. Oh, then we got Dave. <laughs> Poor Dave is about to be three on one. About to just jump him. I'm I'm gonna say as I've stated in the last three podcasts. This man is a LeBron listen, fan. I, don't don't let him fake you out, man. He just saying that because he don't want to get I, jumped. I, I said it. No, 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 no. Listen, <laughs> I can acknowledge that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. When you factor in the winning, the attitude. The ability, I think there's no one close in that facet. But when I think about yeah. overall skill outside the basketball court, when I think about everything, I don't think the gap is that big. I think that it's a, I think it's a one and two conversation, not a one and distant two conversation. And if LeBron wins two more titles, I think it's a one A one B. That's just me being honest. So that's, so that's what being, LeBron has me to do being is win two more titles. I I think he can I think he can compete with one or two with two more titles. I I think um I think LeBron is one of the greatest players. So of all wait, time. you don't got him at two, do you? But I think. Oh, <gasps> oh okay, number two then. <laughs> Who's your number two, Chad? I need to know. You've honestly so many players I mean, better than so LeBron. Many, there's so many players you can say, but if I'm talking about games <laughs> on the line. I can't, I know that's what I'm sitting here. Well, like. We getting disrespectful at this point. No, I just I I listen. Listen, I I'm a big believer in the intangibles. Like I know on paper, I know skill for skill. You know, you can measure. We can sit and analyze. But there's also the, the eye, eye test. test and that he's six eight, two hundred and fifty pounds. Chad, what do you mean? For sure. Listen, he's not my starting five of all time, so don't get, I ain't getting no disrespect. I already said in this podcast, I respect LeBron more this man got LeBron as than a Michael player. as a person and as what he brings. <laughs> no, 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 no. What I am saying though is, is I, I don't know. I I think Kobe might be better in the clutch. So okay, so that's in the one clutch. thing Kobe does better than LeBron. That's all. But LeBron's passing, well, oh, I, man. Listen, I'm talking championship, Kobe. games on the line. Who do you want the, the ball in the hand of? 
So uh, I want the ha- balls in the That's hand of uh, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Let me shoot true. one shot on Fair that point. one. <laughs> <laughs> my, my man's got some big time shots. Big time, big, big, big shot. shot Robert. That's right. For sure. <laughs> I'm just, I'm no, just saying. I, if I, you know, I've always I'll said, LeBron, if I'm really going to make the right decision, like it's not, not only can he score, but the dude can be, he can make the right decision. Kobe, you know, is going up regardless. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. And it may go in, and it may not. <laughs> right. I'm just saying, Michael and and Kobe. Michael, make it Michael also enough. passed hey, so, Jackson and Kerr. He made the right decision. Well, I'm saying with Kobe, Kobe ain't there yeah. ain't gonna be no passes in the last session. That's true. That's true. That's a fair. <laughs> but you also yeah, gotta say three Kobe of them got because five. the the finals MVP was Shaq. Oh. Yeah, but you wouldn't go that argument. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but he was never the finals MVP. All those bulls run too without Pippen. That's true. That's LeBron true. is so good hey, that the, the guy who guarded hey, him got the finals MVP. <laughs> <laughs> At some point we're being silly, Chad. Come on now, Devron. You be you confuse you know me what? so much, Devron, with how you hate on LeBron one minute and the next minute you're no, like, I'm a re- I'm a real I'm a realist. I, just, I'm I get so confused. See, see, Dave, you just needed me. You just needed me on this podcast no, no, no. I'm, to, I'm to bring a, you no, two closer. Listen, man, I'm a realist. I'm, a I'm from Northeast Ohio, and like we can say that he's second best. We can't be. I will not accept any disrespect towards LeBron James. Come on now. <laughs> Listen, I, I've always said it like this. Like I think the only player from an actual skill perspective and will perspective that you can compare to MJ is Kobe. I've I've always said that, but I think that you got to take sure. more into factor than that because I think that LeBron, the closest comp, is is Magic, and yeah. I think he's better than Magic. All day, every day. I, I think agree with that. And so for me, that. like if you that. if you're comparing just the entire like scope of the game, that's the only reason I ever say LeBron mm-hmm. number two. But if we're talking about the best, the second best shooting guard of all time is Kobe, and it, it probably is a super right. close conversation because their game is identical. You know, I, and I think I think that's the difference is what kind of argument sure. are you trying to make? Because here's the other thing I'll say that'll help. I think bring Dever and I back on the same page is. If I were going to start a franchise, LeBron's number two on my list of who I if mm. we were to start a franchise around. Who's number one? Is that MJ? You know, so, see, yeah, Chad, now, see, now you want back See, now I don't, under- I don't understand this. We were on the same page for so long of this, of this podcast. I, I said. I'm, 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 I'm shouting you out. Man, you took us to church. And as soon as we stepped out the church doors, you didn't got foolish again. As soon as we stepped out the church doors. Come on. Like, <laughs> Listen, yeah, yeah. Of course, you, you're of course saying I you wouldn't would. build a team but around How, how can you that? say that he would be the second person you want to build a team around, but then still Kobe's better, though? Well, because when I was measuring Kobe and, and Michael, I'm talking games on the line, who do I want the ball in the hand of for championships? I'm, I'm not – I'm not always trusting But starting LeBron from scratch, you prefer, no you know? obviously, LeBron over I, Kobe. I can see. Of course. Because of the thing that, that Devon is arguing, which I do agree with, he is a smarter basketball player, more unselfish, makes the right decisions, and he's 6'8". 
Can, can I ask you a question though? Like this yeah. came up in our in one of our groups is like, do y'all think that midway through LeBron's career he could have sent over and played in the NFL? Like for real? For sure. I oh if Antonio Gates can do it, LeBron. That's how I. That's how oh I feel gosh. too. If I'm honest. Oh I mean, Antonio gosh. Gates didn't even play football hardly oh when he gosh. came into the league and became a great tight end. Oh, my goodness. You put LeBron in tight end? Come on. Devin, I don't <laughs> understand why this is such a this is such a debate for you, bro. Because, like, you just said that you grew up in Northeast Ohio. But I said I was like, a realist. I said I was a realist. But well, we also have proof of Antonio Gates, who did that very thing. And, this is the same and man LeBron, that let my guy J.J. LeBron. guard him. This is like come Bruh. come on like don't don't talk this same man is getting like listen I love LeBron but I also got to be I also no I'm not flip flopping I'm being real yeah, about it I'm being real about it <laughs> when we talk no, about you football we talking about football you, how am I flip flopping you're like are you a, football you're you're a politician bro <laughs> yeah how you gonna how you gonna dog me for putting Kobe above LeBron in a championship? Talk, and you just called him out for letting this JJ man get cramps. He getting cramps in the finals. Uh, <laughs> um, MJ, MJ had cramps played, in the finals too, bro. Hey, hey, and MJ like played through plays. it. MJ and MJ two probably minutes. had thirty eight that game. <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he played through food poisoning. That, <laughs> so. that game gave me straight chills. By the way, All right, that was last incredible. question. Last question I've been asking yes. on the podcast. Right. For, uh, oh yes, yes. Hold on, we never. Oh, Josh, you guys yeah. need to add to that argument. Let him go. No, let him island. go. You don't have to I join in your partner on this podcast. Right so. <laughs> All right, final question. What is it? All right. <laughs> Greatest sports movie of all time. Oh. Ooh, that's a tough one. Hmm. There's plenty of. There's only one right answer. See, the, the hard part is. Answers. Listen, the hard part is I grew up playing baseball, not basketball. There's some great baseball movies mm-hmm. that I love. You know what I mean? I'm, so, I'm going to disappoint you guys. Nah, yeah, I'm going to disappoint you. I'll just Josh, say, you go ahead. You go first. Starting it. Who's taking the first shot? No, oh, that's, that, that's a great no, answer. That is, God. That's probably the right answer, bro. That was that was in We're my head. That was in my head as one, as one of them for sure. What you got? So, yeah, for me, I was I was debating between Rudy Hoosiers. Mm, like the Hoosiers so, yeah, that's how I know we can't talk you know? basketball. That's how I know we can't talk basketball. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't hey, say you great, like, you like fundamental like, basketball movie. I think that's a good spot. That's a good spot to end it right there. This man. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, clearly, like clearly, I said, you I like didn't grow up playing basketball. So, <laughs> well, what's your baseball you know? movie? What That's about a baseball thing. movie? Wow, thanks, man! You you've got some great ones, honestly. Oh yeah, major league, yeah, it's a comedy yeah. more than major league, major league, yes, <laughs> major league, <laughs> major league wins, don't yeah, you? Yeah, there you go. What's funny is yeah. my the, my favorite Navy <laughs> Seal movie has Charlie Sheen in it. I did, I did love it. You got to check it out if you haven't seen it. The the only good Navy SEAL movie ever I'm made. I'm put that Navy in my Seal day. Hey. We'll have to check and that out. And the guy from Allstate. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear his voice now. That's <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Don't let, don't talk to Josh about great Navy SEAL. But <laughs> just got great. I'm a realist, man. What can I <laughs> tell tell you? They're not good or real. You know. See, that's why that's why I messed with Josh though. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, listen. A movie is meant to inspire you. It doesn't. Listen, you don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. You know what I'm saying? You got to let the story breathe. Wait, what happened? <laughs> I can respect that, bro. I can respect that. Yeah, you know what I'm that. saying? Rudy's not real either, but everybody's rooting for Rudy. <laughs> well, guys, listen. Um, it <laughs> This podcast has been awesome to record. Um, I'm super excited to to get some feedback on it for you guys to to get it out to your listeners, for us to get it out to our listeners. And uh, I'm really looking forward to, you know, the, the results it yields. And also, obviously I'm, I'm looking to, to get back together. Like I'm, I'm looking to get back, get the band back yeah, together man. soon. <laughs> yes, sir. I would love awesome. to do it again. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Well guys, Dave and Dev. Peace. Dave, peace.